imagine you're chasing something your entire life that you think is outside of yourself and you wake up one day and realize you simply had it within. It wasn't in money, marriage, accomplishments, or having babies. The fulfillment is reserved for those that are dangerous enough to find home within themselves. That is my goal here for you. I want you to redefine what rich looks like for you. I'm Jessica Hurley. Welcome to Rich in Real Life. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Rich in Real Life. I'm your host, Jessica Hurley. And I thought this episode was imperative because if you've been rocking with me for a while, we've had some seasons, y'all. We did the stranded phase for some years, talking about financial situations, relationships, work situations, entrepreneurship, business expectations, all the things of when we pursue them and feel stuck, when they don't work out as planned. And we went through the evolution of Rich in Real Life and a season of me kind of just spilling the beans to y'all about what my healing journey looked like over the last two years. And listen, we are not done yet. We have not arrived, but um, surrendering to it all and being open to it has been a journey. It has been a journey. I've said this before, but in one of my favorite books, Calling in the One by Catherine Woodard Thomas, she said that if you are healing with the intention of an outcome, you're doing it all wrong. Healing is simply about surrender. And so that has been my journey for a very long time. And so I'm doing this episode because you've probably been on that journey before. Maybe you are now. Maybe you're just settling into it because you're like, you know what? I woke up in my mid-30s and this life I've been living a certain way doesn't feel right. It feels like someone's making decisions for me. It feels like I live in my head. It feels like there's some things that I need to step back and heal. The relationships I've been in aren't working. Whatever it is that has triggered or called you to do some work around you. There's a reality to the question that I know everyone has in the back of their head that they're not willing to ask. And it's, okay, I'm going to do this work, but when am I healed? How do I know this self-love, all this self-love, love yourself first, blah, blah, blah. How do I know that it's working? Because I remember there were times when I was doing all this work and I was like, okay, it's like the sun is out. You do the work, the dark clouds come, it's gray outside and you feel all this gloom and doom because you have now, it's like you went into the garden and uprooted all of the roots and the seeds and the foundations, which your life was built off of. And a lot of it, let's be real, isn't pretty. So then you're in these feelings and these emotions and these unregulated circumstances that you kind of have to work through. And you're like, is this even worth it? Is this what I actually want? And so you'll find yourself wondering like, is this sacrifice and time worth it? Is this slowing down my journey of being in a relationship I could have potentially been in or starting a business I could have started or growing my passion or, or whatever it is to pause all of that, to do this work, to not know when there's an outcome. I don't know about y'all, but it's hard to do anything like that. It's hard to be in a relationship when you don't know like this person wants to be with me. There's a desired outcome at the end. You're not going to do a job if you don't know there's a salary on the other side. So I don't blame y'all if sometimes you're like, is this shit even worth it? And is it working? And how do I know when it's working? In one of the books I've read, Welcome Home, girl, go get it. <laughs> Welcome Home. She talks about coming back home to yourself and how, how often we don't set boundaries and just how often we end up in these situations where we are begging someone 
to let us into their home and make us feel at home because we don't have home within ourselves. And she calls one of the rooms the self-love room and how you have to choose to walk into it, experience it and acknowledge it and live there for a little while, if not forever. And it's almost like you have to choose to walk in there every day. And my experience for a while was like, how long I got to sit in this room? And so I say all of that to say, one day I was on a flight. I think I was flying back from New York. And I just had this like really beautiful epiphany of like, well, what if it is working? What if I just don't see it? And so I put together some things that you for sure know, because a lot of folks are going to come out here and tell you that they are healed with an ED. And y'all know what I say. There is no healed with an ED, but there is definitely proof that the work is working. And so let's talk about some things that might go unnoticed that are working in your life right now that are allowing you the freedom and the space and the evolution to see that the self-love is working. So how do you know the self-love is working? Number one, simple, but so true. You become playful again. You become playful again. Like, I know this is wild, but when I realized that I didn't care about dancing in front of folks or like, shoot, when you, in, when you understand the power of moving the emotions in your body are just simply energy in motion and you're willing to dance whenever and wherever, or you know, the importance of dancing every day or just moving your body or working out or running like, and you don't care how you look again, like, and you can be so present that it allows playfulness in your life again. To me, that is one of the very significant signs that the work is working because not only do you have a desire to be childlike again, but you find so much joy in childlike behavior. And I'm not talking about childish shit. I'm talking about childlike behavior, being outside, playing with bubbles, playing games with my son that I used to feel like I didn't have time for or I was impatient about that I now find so fun and love being present with him because watching him be playful and watching myself experience playfulness, I feel something. So I think playfulness is a very significant sign that the work is working. And also to me, it kind of inspires freedom. Playfulness inspires freedom. And what better feeling is there than to feel free within yourself? Another way that I know you know the work is working is when you practice a lot of stillness and you have the discernment to seclude yourself a lot of times more than you used to, but for the right reasons. I'll give you an example. So I remember there was a time after I went through one of my toughest transitions that I could not celebrate people. I couldn't celebrate my friends who were pregnant. I had a hard time going to weddings. I cried every time I went to a wedding because I was still grieving and working through the loss of something that I thought my life was supposed to be. So that required of me to seclude myself often because I couldn't experience joy with a lot of people where when they were experiencing their most joyful moments. That is very different from secluding yourself because of discernment. You are secluding yourself because you're like, you know what? I actually like being home more. You know what? That's probably not a good idea for me. You know what? There's probably not any good that will come out of that situation or me being a part of it. This doesn't mean don't be exploratory. This doesn't mean don't be open-minded. Open-mindedness to me is also a sign that the self-love is working. But you've got a little more discernment, which makes your choices a lot more important. And the work is working when you know what is for you, when you are certain of what is for you and what is not. And the discernment is very clear. Another way you know the work is working. This one's going to be kind of funny, but 
you ever look back on something you did like six months to a year ago and you're like, how, how the hell did I let that slide? Like who, what, what version of me allowed that to happen? Because right now, absolutely not. That's growth right there. That's growth right there that if you know a situation or a circumstance with someone or something that you allowed to slide somehow, some way, now you rethink that situation and you're like, I could, I would never. Not right now. Absolutely not. That's growth. The self-love is working. Another way that you know the self-love is working is that your emotion, emotional appraisal the up and down, the unregulated moments of your emotions don't matter much and they damn sure don't drive. Which this means you are so aware that when your emotions are out of control, because let me, let, I really want to say this because this shit has been bothering me. People seem to think that if you are triggered after you go to therapy or if you are emotionally unregulated or your emotions are out of control at all ever and you've gone to therapy before or you've done the work or you have read books or you have said that you've done the work you in fact are not healed you are regressing you're moving backwards therapy and healing do not keep you from being triggered they simply change your responses. It changes how you process information. And the more work you do, the better you seem to get. And so one of the things that I realized when the work was working was how much more I was willing to allow uncomfortable feelings to ride passenger. And I didn't let me think that my life was over or something was falling apart. This could be as simple as you calling a friend while you're in a good mood and being like, hey, let's go to the pool today. I'm in the best mood, blah, blah, blah. And for whatever reason, they're short with you and they're like, oh, nah, not today. I'm really not feeling it. It is almost impossible for most women to hang up the phone and be like, damn, did I do something wrong? Did she not like me? Is she mad at me? Did I say something? Oh, when I talked the other day, maybe I said something wrong. That part is absolutely normal. What the healing and the work does is it allows you to logically walk through that situation, let it ride passenger, not let it drive, AKA you don't have some absurd emotional reaction from it. You logically think through the situation. And then A, you either wait and speak on it at another time when it's appropriate. You consider all possibilities of your friend or you ask appropriate questions and say, hey, I can see something's going on. Is there something you wanna share with me now or do you wanna talk about it later? I feel like you're kind of off. Is it something you wanna discuss? When you can allow those feelings that used to drive you out of control to just simply ride passenger, and you know this, like when you've woken up on days where you're like, damn, am I depressed? Am I sad? Like, what's wrong with me? I'm short-tempered, I'm angry, I'm this, I'm that. Like, what are these emotions? And you allow them to ride passenger, put your seatbelt on, we gonna sit here tight, and you and we gonna sit here together and discover what's going on. But let me tell you what you can't do. You can't drive. You can't drive. Because I have a life, I have to take care of me, I have responsibilities. I gotta love me, damn it. I gotta grow and love me. So you can't make decisions for me. I make decisions for me, but I'm also allowed to feel this way. And this is allowed to be here without me thinking I'm broken, broken, damaged, or something is wrong. That is growth. 
that means the self-love is working because you love yourself enough to know that you are going to have experienced different emotions and different feelings. And that does not mean that something is wrong with you. Another way I knew that self-love was working was, I don't think people harp on this enough. That like your ability to be present literally is a measurement for everything. Like I immediately can tell within myself when I'm incapable of being present with my son, that there is something wrong. Like, yeah, I get it. We can't be like amazingly present with our kids all the time. But when I am impatient or unable to be present, I can't immediately walk outside and get grounded and see the, the blue sky and the white clouds and the green grass and the water and, and be able to like create stillness and presence or really like hone in on my son and what he's saying and what he's doing and, and practice presence because there's so much true joy found in presence. Like there is so much joy and gratitude to be found in presence. Like if you're ever immaculately present, how can you not have gratitude? Like I've literally practiced presence and been outside and been like, oh my God. What do I have to be mad about? This water is so beautiful. This sky is so blue. It feels so nice outside today. This breeze is amazing. I look into my son's eyes and I'm like, how could I ever be short-tempered with you or upset? You are amazing. Like, this is what the beauty of presence does. But we are often incapable of being present when we are struggling with ourselves because we are overthinking, we are overanalyzing, we are overdoing, we are overperforming, we are trying to dictate our value with something or someone outside of ourselves. So our ability to be present or our ability to practice present is literally last on the list, last on the list. I really want you to consider that if you have gotten better at practicing presence, the self-love is working. I'm going to be careful with the way I say this one because I am not a doctor, but I know this to be true because there are books on top of books on this, like the emotion code and the body keeps score is that your body knows everything. And typically your body will show you before your mind can even tell you. So when you are loving the hell out of yourself, your body will show it. When you are not loving yourself, your body will show it. When you are muting and silencing yourself, your body will tell you like, this is all Western medicine and all the things that I can't talk about because again, I'm not a doctor, but the minute that I am silencing myself, I get colds, I get sore throats, I can't talk, I gain weight, I have what feels like heart palpitations. Again, not a doctor, but the body keeps score. Your body is always warning you. So when you feel good, you wake up good, you are all up in that morning routine that you've created. You're working out, you're moving, you're being present, you're practicing gratitude, you're experiencing life, you're doing something you love, your body keeps score. So if your body is telling you right now that you are loving yourself well, you know that. And if you are not, you also know that. Another way you know the self-love is working is that you learn to trust yourself and your intuition ruthlessly. If you are a mother, you know this. How do you know how to be a mother? Because you trust yourself. How do you know when your kids are sick? Babies especially, because you trust yourself. 
How do you know what someone is thinking, how to read when someone's energy is off, how you know when you walk into someone's, in, in a room with a bunch of strangers who you should and should not talk to because you trust your intuition. You trust your gut. We were given that thing with a reason. Women have intuition like it is nobody's business. It is meant to be trusted. But we go through society, which tells us that we are not always correct, that we are too emotional. We don't know how to regulate ourselves and all of the things. But when you are loving yourself well and you are doing the work, you learn to trust yourself and your intuition ruthlessly. You have discernment. You're like, that thing is not the thing. And I hear what everyone else is saying, but I'm not going to go for it. And not for the sake of playing opposites or doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing. You just know. You just know, you just know that's not the thing. You just know that's not for you. You know that that is exactly for you. You know that this is exactly what God wants for you. You know that this is the exact path that you're supposed to go. Or even better, like one thing I know for sure is that God's vision is bigger than anything that I can conceptualize. So sometimes when things are off, when they don't go as planned, when things that most people would see as a failure or a massive risk or a fall on the face, I'm like, no. I trust myself. I trust this path. Even though my logical brain wants to tell me like, girl, you about to mess this up. My intuition is like, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Keep going. Even though everyone watching, anyone involved would tell you don't. I trust myself and my intuition ruthlessly. Another way you know the self-love is working is you attract higher things effortlessly, effortlessly. Like all of a sudden you look up and this work is paying off because you can answer questions like this. My friends are not the same. My network is different. My income is different. My revenue is different. My team is better. My friends treat me better. My partner treats me better. Maybe you have a new partner. Like you have effortlessly attracted higher things. You didn't do it on purpose. Maybe you weren't necessarily intentional, but your life has changed drastically. You put your head down, you did the work, and all of a sudden you look up and everything is different. But when you assess and audit how different it is, everything is better. You attracted better things. You have friends that operate at a higher caliber and because they have access, they pour into you. Like, Things are just different. Your network capital is different. Your connections are different. Like your life is different because you naturally attract higher things, which what in turn happens, you complain less. You worry less. You're less anxious. When the self-love is working, you naturally, effortlessly attract abundance. You attract higher things. Another way that you know the self-love is working is you prioritize treating yourself better than you treated you treat other people. Boy, if that was a line, it's my life. It's my life for the last 30 something years. And this is what I tell people so often is like this these are the first couple of years that I have been wildly selfish. And most people wouldn't even call it selfish, just self-centered, focused on me, like 
focused on very little outside of me, my son, and my business because I spent so much of my life worrying about how I treated other people for the sake of seeking a home in them, for the sake of their approval, for the sake of hoping that they would give me a home because I couldn't find a home within myself. And then you realize the only person that has the ability to give you a home is you. And so you realize you are your home. You treat yourself better than you treat other people because other people can't give you what you can give you. So you've got to put this time and this energy and this effort into you. So you know the self-love is working when you prioritize putting yourself, treating yourself better than you treat other people. One of the last ways that you know you know that you know that you know that the self-love, the work, the healing, the cleaning, the ugly shit, because it is ugly. Healing is not cute. It's not pretty. We've made it so pretty online. It's not. It's not. But one of the ways that you know that you know that this work is finally working is when you have learned to increase your tolerance for discomfort, but you have decreased your tolerance for bullshit discomfort is just flexing a muscle. It's just like stretching. It's uncomfortable. It's necessary. And it only makes you better. But you stop stretching yourself just for people's bullshit, just for your own bullshit. You've also decreased your tolerance for your own bullshit. So not keeping promises. All right, that's not going to fly. That does nothing but decrease my confidence, affect my trust of myself and disrupt my decision-making. Great. Let's get back to it. You're not going to tolerate any bullshit from yourself because that doesn't do anything but lead to poor habits, poor decision, and ultimately poor results in both your personal and your professional life. So you increase your tolerance for discomfort because life is a series of uncomfortable feelings, moments, circumstances, and tough decisions. And you decrease your tolerance for other people's bullshit, but especially yours. We're keeping promises, we're doing good work, we're showing up in spaces that we used to be uncomfortable in. We are embracing and knowing and believing that our names are spoken in rooms that we may not be in yet. And we are trusting God's path for us because it is bigger than anything we can conceptualize. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope this gives you some hope. There's not an end but that the work is working and that the work is worth it. Because I know from someone who has been on a self-love journey, a healing journey for two plus years and still uncovering landmines every time I turn and having to go back to the work, that I still know it's so necessary and I do know it's making me a better person. It's giving me more discernment. It's helping me understand the life and the lens that I've created in which I live my life through, the way I show up in other people's lives, the type of person that I want to be, and most importantly, the way that I want to love the people that matter to me. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this gives you some hope. I hope this makes you less afraid to take one of the most important journeys you're ever going to go on, which is the journey back home to self. Not filtered, not the one everyone wants for you, but the one your true essence, the life that was created for you, that lives within you, the magic within you. So thank you for listening to this episode. And I love you guys. And I will see you on the next episode of Rich in Real Life. Y'all. 
that is another episode of Rich in Real Life. If this episode filled you the way it filled me, tag me while you are listening at Jessica Hurley underscore so I can say hello, share this with a friend or someone in your network who you know is in need. And please don't forget to write a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform because it helps us continue to spread the message. And if you want more from me, Rich in Real Life, or any of the other conscious creators that we work with inside Epic Media Network, head over to epic.co for more. Until then, I will catch y'all next week on another episode of Rich in Real Life.